This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Dave McDonald. Uh, Damon, I did have uh, an intro planned where I was going to be all depressed and be like, oh, do we have to talk about New Japan this week? Because uh, honestly, as I hate to start the show off on a down, I, I have been feeling very down on the product. But then I just watched the Korakon show from today, particularly the main event with the junior tag title match, and that's made me really happy and put me in a good mood. I know you haven't seen it yet because you've just woken up, but um, how how have you been feeling about New Japan as of late? Wow. Um at least there's something to look forward to, <laughs> Rachel. Uh, it's been a rough week, right? I think for everyone involved in watching and in the company and a lot of head scratching going on and a lot of um, unfortunate scenarios that have been that have played out. I mean, one, um, I don't know, where, where do you want to start? Let's, which, which way do you want to go? Um, I think overall, my... New Japan Pro Wrestling interest has been, I don't want to say shaken, but, you know, let's be honest, we're probably in a low point when it comes to where each of these wrestlers' storylines are progressing. That's one factor. Two, we have injuries that have put a knife through our heart. And three, we have... uh, Returning pro wrestlers who have had a lot of issues since they've been away. Um, so where would you like to start, Joel? I think we should deal with the, the Marty Skull thing first. Um, because, well, the question from whatever says, is um, NJPW unaware that Skull brings nothing but bad PR? What's the upside to him now that they have the connections to two companies with a wealth of talented juniors? Well, it's more than two companies. I could think of plenty of companies who they could be getting talent from. But... Um, so yeah, for, for people who are not aware, uh, news came in this morning. Marty Skull has been involved in the latest strong tapings. Uh, he's apparently involved in an angle with Rocky Romero. So for people who don't know what came out last year, there were stories emerged during the Speaking Out movement that back in 2015, a 26-year-old Marty had sex with a drunk 16-year-old girl at an after-party for an IPW UK event. Marty issued an apology saying that he believed it was consensual. Then other stories emerged basically revealing that this girl had been um, taken advantage of by a a number of members of the British wrestling scene. And yeah, the age of consent in the UK is 16, so technically he didn't break any laws. But did we have to fucking book this guy in New Japan, Damon? Like, really? Was, Was this necessary? Did we have to do this? And, you know, I'm not the kind of person who wants to apply purity tests to all the media I consume. I, you know, I get it. There's no ethical consumption on the capitalism and all that shit. You, uh, I always say, right, you draw your own line in the sand as to what does and doesn't affect your enjoyment of a product. So if you can compartmentalize this thing and still enjoy Mighty Skull matches, then that's your prerogative. I'm not going to blast anyone for that. But personally, I would have been okay with never seeing this guy wrestle again. And and it does uh, raise wider concerns because all of those problems we talked about last year when we discussed speaking out 
I see no evidence that they've been meaningfully addressed because it, yep. it just, you know, seeing what's going on in progress as well, it just feels like one big boys club where y- you catch some heat, lay low for a while and then your buddies sneak you back in, no harm done. And there's uh, a bigger conversation to be had here about uh, uh, the systematic sexual grooming of vulnerable young people, uh, the, the abuse of power dynamics, uh, about consent when someone's intoxicated. I'm not knowledgeable enough to tackle those topics. There are other people out there who, who will do that better than me. So I uh, apologise if this is a cop-out. But within the remit of this stupid podcast that we do, looking at this from a New Japan fan perspective, uh, uh, and I don't want to get engaged in uh, a, a whataboutism session. Yes, there are other wrestlers who've done bad things. And again, fans need to draw their own line. So I can only speak for myself, but I don't want to see Mighty Skull in New Japan. I don't think I'm alone in that. Uh, if you're in the same boat, I would recommend emailing New Japan if you feel strongly about it, or if you, you know, if you're really upset by it, just cancel your world subscription. Let me know why. But either way, Dave, this is not a good look for the company, is it? No, it's not. And here's uh, uh, an even larger issue that I have: is how much rope is new Japan pro wrestling going to ask of the fans to give how, how many times and how many issues and how many things that people are asked, okay, turn a blind eye to this. Okay. Ignore this. Okay. Like there becomes a certain point where the water starts spilling out of the glass. And enough is enough. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, when are you going to stop this and stop ignoring it? Because that's, in, in essence, what you have done for years. And again, there are people that have trickled away and have, you know, there were certain people who had certain breaking points. And you've lost fans. Now, whether they've come back, whether they... I don't know. I don't know everyone. But I do know that each time that something like this happens, you lose a little bit. And not only that, you lose a little bit of faith in everyone who watches your product. Let me repeat that. You lose a little faith in everyone who watches this product. You sit there and you tell me you want to make headroads in the United States. You sit there and you tell me you want to make headroads in in the UK. You sit there and you tell me that you're you want to be considered a destination place for pro wrestlers and fans who appreciate pro wrestling. And yet you do stuff like this. This was a conscious decision by someone someone had to approve it. To say, yes, we're okay with this. Yes, you're allowed in our company. Yes, you're allowed in our locker room. I want, I want that to sink in. Because Marty admitted that he did this. And the young lady admitted that it happened. So there's no debating that. The debate now becomes, okay... As a company, where do you stand on this? What is your moral ground on this? Where do you stand? And countless times, 
people have been disappointed by New Japan Pro Wrestling's stand on this. Now, you can sit there and you can speculate and tell me, well, that the Japanese audience doesn't really care. You, you know what? You don't know what the Japanese audience cares and what they don't care about. And I just think as a company, knowing that they're okay with that is an issue that I have. And consistently, they have shown their cards in situations like this. Look, if you have a problem, I can certainly understand you saying, you know what, fuck this noise. Fuck this company. I'm out. I'm done. I can certainly understand that. And if you do have a problem, I'm going to be honest, the best way to do that is to send them a, a, a nice little note of why you are canceling your New Japan Pro Wrestling World subscription, whatever the fuck that network is called, I don't know, I made it a little longer than it probably necessarily had to be. Uh, you fill out that form on the website, you know how to do that, leave some notes, and step away. Find something else to enjoy your time and pass your time with. I do. People are going to say, well, you do a podcast and you promote New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I do. But also, I know when something's wrong. And I know when something has to be said. And I also know that, and I'm not sitting here, I'm not fucking John Lennon here trying to change the world. But for Christ's sake, can a company stand up, you know, have some fucking moral backbone? And just be like, nah, we're good. We're good. We're going to pass on you. Thanks. I don't know, man. This is one of those things where I woke up this fucking morning and I knew I had to do this show. And I was like, you know what? This company has really fucking tested my patience. It really fucking has. I spend a ton of fucking money on this product. A ton over the years. I got the fucking credit card balances to prove it. And this is the fucking way they respond? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm like Mr. Hand. I don't know. I don't know, Joel. I don't know where the fuck I stand with this company right now. We've got an interesting question from Dread and Roses. He says, uh, Re, uh, Skull, do you think AEW or ROH put any pressure on New Japan to drop him? ROH let him go in spite of his role in the company. AEW's at least gestured at responses to uh, that kind of behavior. For example, Sammy Guevara's suspension. Do they have the leverage? Do they want to do it? Um, how do you see this playing out, like the interplay between New Japan and ROH and AEW? Uh, because obviously Skull has connections to all three of the companies now. I don't know if there was any pressure or any. Hey, can you put this guy? I think it. I think it. It was. I don't. I, here's the thing. I don't know. And I, and I would just be speculating, um, saying that this is how it went down. I don't know. The only thing I know is that the buck stopped with someone at New Japan that said, "Okay, let's go with it." Right. That's the problem that I have. Um. You know. Uh, I know that Ring of Honor, didn't Kirk, and, and I'm terrible at this because I get a lot of stuff mixed up with people and facts, and and I want to make sure, that, especially in a situation like this, that I have it right. But but and Joel usually has a firmer handle on what actually happens. Um, Ring of Honor did their own little investigation, correct? 
when he was booking on this. Yeah, situation. so they they sort of gave him the book. He was had a big role in the company, and then when all this news came out, he was he was dropped. He was cut. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking, you know, ROH have seemingly washed their hands of him, and obviously he seemed to be quite close with people at AW, like the Young Bucks and Cody. He's done a lot of work with them in the past, and uh, they didn't seem interested in him. It just just it's a real head scratcher why New Japan and especially in the the US division as well and strong thinking yeah we'll we'll, we'll take him on because like I said impact was right there <laughs> and here's what we here's what we don't know I mean we know he was there we had that confirmed I mean we know he was there so um the reports are accurate um here I don't know if this is a long-term thing I, I, you know, we talk about Strong being like this this hub of U.S. based pro wrestlers getting work, and it could be just a situation of hey, he's in for these tapings, and then that's it. And I, I would not be surprised, as fucking wacky as this sounds, they use this as a litmus test to say, okay, do people still care about things like this? And if not... Yeah, you think maybe they leak the story to see what the response would be? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I know that... that, that if, uh, I, don't, I don't know 100%, but um, I was told and I did read that like, people who work strong have to sign uh, non-disclosures. Um, and again, I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but okay. Let's just assume that it is. Um, somebody felt the need to tell someone, right? If I'm not mistaken, someone, t- it was Emily, Emily Pratt. Platt, is it Platt? Pratt? Pratt? Um, yeah, Emily Pratt, uh, Sean Ross Sapp as well. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they they were the first on it, so they, somebody told them. So, yeah, I mean, <sighs> what, what do you, what? What, where, where are you with this? I mean, I know that you said I don't want I don't want the company to use him. Does this does this does this make you struggle to watch the product anymore? Um, I wouldn't say struggle to watch the product. I will struggle to watch his matches for sure, and mm. it's making me question the product because it's making me think who's going to pop up next. You know, when the, the this imaginary statue of limitations is, is worn out on certain wrestlers, you know, is it going to be fucking David Starr or Joey Ryan popping up next, you know? I just, I hate the fact that this company has a history of this, though. And look, I'm a firm believer in people getting second chances. But I don't know if we've made up for the first chance. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if we've done... This is not a guy who was arrested and uh, sentenced and went to jail and carried out, you know, his punishment. And we're looking to rehabilitate them into society. Because I'm all in favor of that. You know, if if someone has done their time, uh, give them a second chance. This is not what's happened with Marty Scott. You know, he got caught out doing something that technically wasn't illegal. Yeah, he released a statement. But again, like, I'm not saying he should never work again, but I'm not okay with him being welcomed back with open arms to become, you know, back back to being a, a high-profile professional wrestler in one of the biggest companies in the world. 
You know, there's, there's other jobs that he could be doing. Right. So, right. where does this? Where do you think this goes? Do you think the backlash will be harsh enough that they? Because again, I, he didn't sign a two-year deal. It's not like he's locked in and 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 that that's that. Do you think this is just a one of the? Let's 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 do this. Let's go this way. One. Do you think the backlash is big enough? In that they don't air strong. Like if they didn't air that episode of Strong, do you think anyone would give a shit? I think if they pulled the plug on it, people would be pleased. I think so too. I think that's the right thing to do. What do you think of that? I agree. I think the way us as fans uh, react to this in over the next few days is going to be critical I think you know I don't want to inflate our own sense of importance but if there is a sort of almost unified backlash to this and and resistance to it and you know who knows I, I think it would be the smart thing to do to whoever's in charge to look at the way fans are reacting to this and think mm, you know what this is not a good idea let's let's pump the brakes on it how about this you want you want to pull back the curtain a little bit Joel you want to pull back a curtain a little bit Again, not pumping our own self-importance, but I feel like our reactions are used a little bit by the company as a litmus test of how this went over, right? I think I think I could say that, right, Joel? I think that's I think it's a safe statement. Um, so yeah, uh, let's let's uh, look. I'm not happy with it at all. In fact, I'm kind of pissed off at it. I think it's a fucking shit move. And another one in a long line of shit moves by this company. Um, I don't think they should air that episode. I'm telling you flat out right now. I think they should do the right thing and not air that episode. And and I hate to say it, but who would give a shit if they did or they, you know, like they would do more harm. I'm the only fucking idiot watching it, you know. Right. <laughs> Right, right. So Joel doesn't have anything to do on a fucking Friday night. Okay, great. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I, and it was a, a post-match angle, I believe. So easily done. Just cut it out. Just end the show. Main event, finished. That's it. Yep. Nothing happened afterwards. Everyone just went home and had a nice rest. Yep. Yep. And and no, it, it would be no... We, the company... The show and the company... Would be better off. Would be better off. So that's my suggestion. New Japan, don't air the show or edit that part out. Uh, let's use our heads and um, let's try and stay away from that kind of stuff, shall we? Let's try to stay the fuck away from that stuff. I know it's a difficult thing to do. I know, I know it's so hard to do, to do the right thing. But how about we stay away from these fucking situations, shall we? Would that be okay? For fuck's sake. All right. How's that? Well, the other uh, lovely nugget of news this week was the news that Hiromu Takahashi has injured his pectoral muscle, is going to be out for six months, apparently. How big a blow do you think that is, Damon? Massive, man. Massive. 
<laughs> I, it's one. This poor guy can't catch a break. The minute I, I can't say the minute, but you know, it really feels like when he's on top of the world, everyone's walking on eggshells because he's going to get hurt. It's not his fault. I mean, you know, he, people get hurt, but it, uh, he has the worst fucking luck of any guy. Um, and it hurts the company because let's be honest, he's if he's not number one, he's he's one A of people who's you know keeping interest in the product. He's one of the you know he was he was he was our wrestler of the year. You know that's you can't hand wave that. Um, it's it's terrible news, which throws a monkey wrench in. Just about all their plans. I mean, the guy was 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 tied in with not only the the junior heavyweight title, but also the junior tag titles. He was kind of in the mix there, and he's the glue that keeps everything together. It's fucking that. Um, I mean, aside from Abush, Naito. Is there anybody else in that roster if they got hurt and they were on the shelf for six months would be as impactful? I don't think so. Let me play devil's advocate here because Mm. last week we predicted that Hiromu would lose the junior heavyweight title but win the junior tag titles. So in our own uh, head, our our own booking ideas, he was just going to be a junior tag champion. So if you look at it in that lens, then... Maybe six months, you know, this is not the disaster that it might appear to be at first blush. So there are ways that you can make lemonade out of these lemons. And uh, Louis asks, how soon can New Japan realise this is the absolute perfect time to catapult Despi and El Fantasma to the top of the junior division? Uh, do they vacate the title, have those two feud around the belt while Huron was out, and then the winner taking him on for Undisputed or even a three-way? And Sean says, thoughts on El Fantasmo versus El Desperado versus Ma- Master Watto versus show for the vacant IWGP junior heavyweight title. Well, we do have a junior heavyweight title match announced for Castle Attack, which we'll, we'll go into our full... Maybe we should save that for later. But... Ah, fuck it. Let's do it now. Do it so now. The, the the junior title match is going to be a three-way. It's going to be El Fantasmo versus Bushi versus El Desperado. So that's what we've got on Sunday, mm-hmm. which, to me, is a more interesting match than Hiromu versus ELP. I'm not going to lie. I, I like the look of that one, even though I'm not the biggest fan of three-way matches, but there's enough juice there to um, make me wonder, you know, genuinely, who's going to come out with that one. So I think what they should do is have... El Fantasmo sneak the win there. You know, maybe something like Despi hits the pinche loco on Bushi and then ELP pulls Despi out of the ring and steals the pin and wins the championship. So that way, uh, Desperado didn't get pinned. He still looks strong. And you see he came really, really close to winning the title. Then you have El Fantasmo as junior champion. Give him a few defenses at Sakura Genesis, Dontaku, whatever, and have Despi chasing. Despi can win best of the super juniors. Then Despi versus El Fantasmo at Dominion. Despi wins the belt after a uh, well a, a longish chase, becomes junior heavyweight champion, and then he stays champion until Hiromu's back. Then bang, you have Despi versus Hiromu at Tokyo Dome for the yeah. junior heavyweight title. So yeah. I think there is enough of a silver lining here where, where you can try and make the best out of this situation and use this as 
the the um, catalyst to finally launch El Desperado to the top of the division. Yeah, I like the I like the sound of that actually, um, and it does sound like Bushi's in there to take a fall um, and still protect Despy from having to take the fall. Um, but sorry, if I, if I can interject there. Bushi did get that win, the singles win over Master Watto, so it's not like he has no claim to being in the mix at all. So it, it's been quite cleverly built up, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. Here's the thing that they're able to do, and we talk about it consistently on this show, is they're able to you know warm people up and keep people on a back burner and make sense, you know, and it, and it makes sense when they have to turn the fire up on them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bushi's there to take a fall in this match so that, you know, we're protecting Despy. Um, and the program that you laid out is really the, what the blueprint of the way they should be going. Um, I think even without Hiromo being on the shelf for six months, I, I think the destination that made the most sense would have been, El Desperado and Hiromu at the Tokyo Dome, right? To me, that that of all the juniors that we have, and again, if we're not bringing in anyone new, that seems to me like a like the match that people want. Um, so now you have Despy on a chase, um, El Fantasmo doing what he does, eventually losing. Away we go, returning Des- uh, re- returning Hiromu. Back from injury, Tokyo Dome. I like it. I like it. I can't believe we got another fucking Hiromo watch we got to do now. <laughs> Wait, let, let me throw this uh, spicy take at you, Damon. Could you say that the division is more interesting now that Hiromo is out of the picture? Here's what it does is it gives people opportunities to step up that they may not have had before. Um People who have had spotlights on them get brighter spotlights, and people who had very limited, you know, spotlights, they're able to shine. They're given more time to see what they can do. Um, does it make it more interesting? Again, if it frees up space for the possibility of fresher matchups that maybe we wouldn't have had. Injuries, injuries do that in all sports. You know, when you get a star that's Injured and, and and put on the shelf, you have players that now, you know, need to step up in in roles that maybe yeah, it's power vacuum. It's exciting. What's that? It's a power vacuum. Yeah, which is always exciting. Yeah, I mean, I look. <laughs> I'm under the impression that this roster is is beyond talented, and they have the tools and the puzzle pieces. People can step up rather quickly. Um, so, yeah. Well, well, here's the thing, Joe. We're going to find out. <laughs> we, because, uh, you know, it, and in situations when, when injuries occur like this, it's uh, you have no choice, right? So this is, this, this is the strength of the company and how it's built um, from a booking perspective of being able to warm people up, cool people off, warm people up, cool people off, and keep people at a temperature where it makes sense to say, okay, we need you now. Tap on the shoulder, go. Uh, and they're able to do that. And the other piece of bad news during the week was uh, Yuji Nagata going full 
Hiro Matsuda on Tetsuya Naito rolling into his knee and uh, injuring Naito's knee. So he missed uh, a few, I think he missed a couple of the Road 2 shows, but he wrestled on today's show, seemed to be fine, suffering no ill effects from what I could tell and should be available to take on Ibushi for the IC title on Sunday. So fingers crossed that one, uh, not too serious. Yeah, amazing what painkillers can do, can it? <laughs> uh, shoot me up, boss. Uh, I hope so. You know, I, look, we all know everybody in that roster has got an injury, right? Everybody, everybody's hobbling. It's it's the severity of the injuries, if, if they can work or not. And he's going to work through it. He's going to wrap it up. He's going to pop a couple of ibuprofen. Um, and we'll see what happens, right? <laughs> we'll see what happens. Just sticking with big picture stuff, Dave says... Uh Seriously, can this be salvaged? It's not just the injuries. There's no heat for anything except for Tenkoji versus Empire, which kicked us. Uh, obviously, the answer is yes, of course it can, but I've had a couple of shots that so I'll be going now. So um, what do you think New Japan needs to do to inject some buzz into things? Now, uh, full disclosure, I think this El Desperado thing has added uh, a much-needed bit of dynamism and, and spice for me personally, for me to think, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see these Castle Attack shows now. But, Damon, do you think what's missing? What, what do you think they could do to get us back? I think the biggest thing that I hear from people that seem a little bit, seem to have lost their way with New Japan, um, is a program up top that is captivating and um, is exciting. And I don't necessarily feel that right now. And again, this goes. This is no blame on either of these two guys. It's just I don't. I don't know where what what I'm supposed to get juiced up over is Ibushi and and Naito, right? Like that up top just seems dry as toast at this point. And the idea of of challenging for a intercontinental title just seems preposterous. Um, you got. Okada that's floundering around with evil again. Um, Tanahashi with the Never title is is interesting, but I don't know if if people get excited or as excited over, over that as I am, right? And the possibilities thereof. And let's be honest, I don't think he's going to hold on to that title for 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 very long. Um, and then it's we have a lot of fresher faces that people aren't accustomed to that are getting prominent roles and in roles that they're just not, you know, settled in on. Whether that's Will Ospreay leading a faction, whether that's, uh, and I still, I got in an argument two weekends ago over Tai Chi. And I'm just like, you know what? You're you're dead wrong. You're, You're missing the boat. But it's just these these ideas of Tai Chi being the same Tai Chi he was five years ago. I was just like, you're not watching the you're not watching these shows, you know. S- just sit and watch the fucking shows, and and you would see that. But okay, um, I don't know. I mean, but for me, that's that's kind of like where I stand. Of nothing really seems important. That might be the my, that might be the biggest thing. Nothing feels important. 
Yeah, hopefully with New Japan Cup coming up, that can inject some new life into the, the main event scene in the division because, yeah, I, I agree, it does feel a bit stale. Um, Sentient Amanita asks, I've missed every show and backstage promo so far. Was there anything on the entire Castle Attack Tour with quality or novelty to justify going back to check it out? Uh, no, this doesn't count the junior Today. tag title match. That hasn't happened uh, as of me typing this. I would say no. You haven't missed anything from these Road 2 shows, apart from that junior tag match, which I'll get on to. But uh, in lieu of watching the shows, I would say read the Voices of Wrestling reviews by J. Michael. I he, Honestly, reading his review of these shows was more entertaining than watching the actual shows. So go and do that. Uh, J. Michael actually pointed out to me this morning, so as I was getting fatigued with these endless Coracoin shows, uh, in March, we have 16 broadcast shows coming up. 16. 16, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm punishing myself trying to watch all of them, because I don't think they're designed to be consumed en masse. I mean, they're house shows that happen to be televised. So I think uh, as fans, maybe we need to be a bit more selective and, and pick and choose what we watch, because I watched all these Roto shows, and a lot of them were the same. You're seeing the same match each time. It's, you know, matches are fine, but it's the same. You're not missing anything by not watching the matches. So I think maybe for my own uh, mental health, I'm going to not necessarily watch all 16 of those shows bell to bell. Can Louis I? Can, says, can, can, I'm yeah, sorry. Before you go on the next question, Joe. I'm sorry. Can Can you play Joel the Booker for me for a moment? You're You're running New Japan Pro Wrestling. Can you tell me the benefits? Of running, just as you described, the same building, the same shows, the same, I mean, I mean, literally the same main events. Like what, where, like as, as a guy running a pro wrestling company, what's the benefit of that? Is it just, I can't be creative 24 seven and I can't come up with fucking new shit all the time. So I just, we'll just put on shows. Is that what we're doing? I think it's got to be some sort of either financial or contractual thing that they have to generate a certain amount of content or run a certain number of Coracoin dates or uh, they need to run a certain number of shows to make a certain amount of revenue to break even. I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's ridiculous this point. I remember like last year when we would see these stretches, oh, we've got three Coracoin shows coming up. Maybe they're going to do something special. Maybe there'll be a tournament or something. And nope, it's just <laughs> 2 shows dry as fucking toast. The, the bigger question for me, Damon, is who are these lunatics that are buying tickets for them all? Right! Right, the, uh, right. Like, what, we and, love and New what, Japan. If we lived in Tokyo, we wouldn't be going to these shows. No. We do a fucking podcast, right? <laughs> There's no fucking way. I had to put on pants and go to the show. No, what? Are you kidding me? Uh, that's and that's like, like, like. What's the person sitting at home doing? They're like, all right. I got this show on Tuesday, and I got this show on Wednesday. And this show on Thursday. Okay, well, I got dinner with the parents on Tuesday. Thank God. I'll, 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 I'll see the exact same show on Thursday. All right, I'll go Thursday. Is that, like, the thought process? Like, like what? I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of, and what you said. Uh, that they got to be contractually obligated to, to put on these shows because there's – that last show that I watched – uh, the one with Sonata and, and Homa, and I, you could have heard a fucking mouse fart at Corican Hall. <laughs> like it was, it would they not only did they seem quiet, everyone in that building f- sounded completely bored out of their skull. <laughs> like, 
like like you heard you actually audibly heard boredom. It was fucking amazingly awful. Well, Lewis asks, is it me or is there no hype for Castle Attack? Feels like the Row 2 shows no. were all right. Plus, we've got two top wrestlers who are injured, not looking good for Castle Attack first show. So, yeah, it's... I, People in the company aren't looking for the <laughs> Castle Attack. <laughs> well, okay, the Bevler says, how excited were you when Sonata versus Honma in a singles match was announced? So, I mean, if we're looking at this Row 2 show, well, the Row 2 shows that were this week, there was one on uh, the, the uh, 22nd, and there was one today... Um, the most notable things were the fact that on the, the show on the 22nd, Okada ate a pinfall on a Row 2 show, which hasn't yes. happened for a long time. So Chris Hamsa uh, came up with the, the fact it, the last time Okada was pinned in a Row 2 show was April 22nd, 2017. So nearly mm-hmm. four years ago. Fale, was, right? Yeah, Fale and Omega versus Okada and Ishii. How about uh, that? At Korokuen, where Farley pinned Okada after a devastating tombstone set up their wrestling Dontaku main event. So that was uh, Okada's ninth defense of his big reign. So it had been 1,403 days between uh, row two pinfalls for Okada. So I thought that was interesting. Um, what about the Honma Sonata match? Because I actually quite enjoyed it. It wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. There, There is something, I don't know, very absorbing about watching Honma particularly in singles matches I don't know if it's because I'm waiting for something bad to go wrong or uh, or, or just the fact the way he moves and wrestles it's like a a, a, a corpse that's been reanimated <laughs> with some sort of necromancy like some sort of evil magician puppeteer is using his powers to make this corpse wrestle in the middle of the ring but I, what did you think of the Honma Sonata match? I thought it was Honma and Sonata <laughs> I, you know, I take that back. Well, no, I don't take that back. I, f- I felt like it was very – like if I mapped that, that out in my head, I, it kind of – this is what I was looking for. Which, truth be told, turned out to be not that bad. Like it wasn't a horrible match. It was just a match. Um, I do like the fact that like Corkin loves the underdog, so they were rooting for home <laughs> just about the entire time. Um, the – Again, the match, Sonata is so physically gifted that he can make the match watchable and do most of the heavy lifting. But yeah, I mean, no, but I don't think, I think when the match was announced, I, you could hear the collective groan, but I thought the match was the best match of the show. Um, I'll tell you what, though, not to, not to switch gears on you. How significant is that? You mentioned you you threw down the days since it last occurred in any fucking meaningless tag that Okada has been in. He's not the guy taking the fall. He took a fall. And don't you think it's kind of amazing, Joel? Me, the alcoholic, right? Who has more brain cells dead than than I do alive at this point. Uh had the wherewithal to remember it was folly. Significant. Right? It was important. Do you honestly think, a, and again, a significant event, like a significant like Okada taking a pinfall in a tag match where a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, that would have been our open probably. Right? We probably would have opened with that. It's like, 
Like, it's just, again, it goes back to nothing feels important. That moment is an important, it should, let me take that back. It should have been an important moment, a big-time moment. And we talk about it like it's a big-time moment. There's no one talking about this. No one. Nothing feels important. Yeah, it's certainly not making me thrilled to see Okada and Evil in the main event on Saturday. No. Um, So, yeah, it was something that should have been a lot more impactful than it was because it was just a dead show overall. And, I mean, the same would have been said about today's show were it not for what I thought was a, a really fantastic main event with the... Uh, junior tag team titles on the line. Um, let me actually pull up the proper results so I can get this correct. All right. All right. So it was a fifth match, uh, junior heavyweight tag team championship match with Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado defeating the champions of Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo. In 20 minutes and 12 seconds, El Desperado pinning Taiji Ishimori after Pinche Loco. So we have new junior heavyweight tag team champions. And I really, really enjoyed this match. It was exactly what I needed to get me out of my my funk, my New Japan depression, because uh, it was just all about Despy. Like he was front and center of this match. It was like a showcase for him and his talents. It was almost felt like a handicap match with uh, Kanemaru popping up right at the end, the decisive moment to pay off the loaded boot story. Him uh, diverting the, the loaded boot into Ishimori's face, and I can't say enough good things about Desperado. He's got that chaotic baby face energy that. He's, it sounds like on, on paper similar to Hiromu, but there's there's a big difference to it. He's just got a, a different aura about him. Um, you know, I've written pages and pages about this for the New Japan yearbook. You go and read that if you want in-depth analysis about the way these two characters play off against each other. But uh, he, in this match, had really good chemistry with Ishimori. Despi, he works the crowd really well. The, the Tokyo fans seem to love him. He can be uh, that baby face in peril without compromising his character because he's still a you know it's a shit bag at the end of the day, but a lovable shit bag. And I also want to give some love to El Fantasmo and Ishimori, who were really I think they're a really good junior tag team when they are not doing their, their full bullshit here. Because I thought in the previous match, I enjoyed it for the shenanigans, but this match was very, very different. It was more centered around the wrestling it was a cleaner match and i thought the balance between the heel stick and the 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 tag synergy between them and the quality wrestling was spot on so if you haven't seen today's main event i would strongly recommend you go out of your way and what i think was a a star making performance um, um a proof of concept for giving el desperado that push and making him a top guy in the division so big thumbs up from me for that main event is he your um, favorite guy right now you know what i think he is yeah. Now that you've just thrown that. I mean, I hadn't thought about it before, but yes, I think since his run in the best of the Super Juniors from that final onwards, yeah, he is the guy that I'm most I most look forward to seeing. That's cool. I mean, you know, that's 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 what the company wants. You know what I mean? To be able to create people like that. So yeah, I mean, that's he's he's up there. He's probably right now in my top five. Probably in my top five people that I, that um that I look forward to watching. So, yep. All right. Good job. More good stuff from El Desperado. We're in. We're in on this. All right. Well, let's preview Castle Attack then. So, we have the first show coming up uh this Saturday, February 27th at Osaka Joe Hall. We've got opening match with Kojima Tenzan Tanahashi versus Cobb Osprey and Okan. Do you see anything big happening here? Um the the next night we got 
Kojima and Tenzan against Cobb and Osprey. Do you think they might be building up to a Tenzan retirement? That's everybody's. That's what everybody kind of thought we were we were headed for, right? With the idea of him not being able to do the Mongolian chops. Uh, I mean, you took away the guy's lone offensive move. I mean, but you can work that into story. I mean, that's it. and he, and he has. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he work some? Uh, I want to say it was all Japan. I could be wrong, but he worked somewhere. Um, Tenzam, I'm talking about recently, not New Japan, and he, he was like not doing like like he was going to do the the chops, but like he was told not yeah you know, it was just kind of weird how he how he still continued to do that outside of the box um no i mean he's eventually going to retire and i would think if it's not this year it's got to be next year so yeah i mean i think this plays into into that that storyline but i think that's that's been the course of action the entire year for Tenzan. Our second match is a special singles match with Yoshihashi versus Tangaloa, two of my most improved wrestlers of 2020. Uh, not something I thought on paper I would be looking forward to uh, 365 days ago, but here we are. I'm really excited for Yoshihashi versus Tangaloa. I think this is going to be uh, the acid test for Tangaloa to show what he can do as a singles wrestler because he's been really impressing me in his tag stuff. I think he's by far and away the most enjoyable part of Gorilla's Destiny. And his improvements, his, his striking, his intensity, his power has been one of the big reasons why I've found Gorilla's Destiny a lot more enjoyable to watch lately. So, I mean, obviously this is setting up the, the tag title match that they're going to have the following day. Uh, do you see, yeah, how do you see this one playing out? I'm excited to see it. And uh, and maybe we need to, to get Chris Chris Samson on the hotline or something. But uh, I'm curious as to see when was the last Tongaloa singles match. I, I think I know that one. I think oh. it was uh, New Japan Cup 2017 against Yuji Nagata. And it okay. was not good. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's it's a considerable time, right? So you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play. What's the opposite of devil's advocate? <laughs> I'm gonna play uh, positive angel's game. advocate. <laughs> right, 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 angel's advocate. I don't know what it is. There's got to be an opposite, right? Um, I'm opposite them. I'm excited for it because I, here's what I think. 2017, you're a pro wrestler. Tags. Tags, tag. You mean to tell me he doesn't sit around at times, not all the time, but at times thinking, okay, if I was in the ring, I would do this. Okay, I, I want to be cool if, if I fucking did this and then that. And then, you know, just in his mind, he's doing that. And then maybe he bounces something off somebody and be like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if they, that, this, that? Yeah, yeah. I, if I'm in the ring, I would, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We, had a, we have a lot of time to come up with ideas. Let's put it that way. Ideas are great. Doing them, having the, the, the physical abilities to be able to pull them off and the uh, ring skills to be able to pull them off, different story, right? Well, now we have a time to shine. Now we have a time to go. Now, here's, here's where the fucking rubber hits the road. 
you're getting a tap on the shoulder. This is your tap on the shoulder. Now, you're not in a main event. You're not in a fucking, you know, but this is a singles match that I'm sure there are going to be people peeking through the curtain backstage, right, as pro wrestlers love to do, to check out matches or huddle around a monitor or whatever the fuck you want to say. Taking a peek, seeing how this goes. Because if it's good, I think, I think we'll see more of it, right? If it falls apart and it's shit, what do we do from there? Do we just keep going? Do we keep moving forward? We close our eyes. We push forward. New Japan likes to do that. Okay. But I think this is a big time flag in the sand moment for this guy's career. Here's my only concern. And again, if we're going to agree that he might have a little butterflies in his stomach, he might have, uh, you know, 2017 is a long time ago. It's not like he's in the ring with, with Hiroshi Tanahashi. It's not like he's in the ring with Okada, uh, Naito. Uh, again, guys who can help carry along the process. He's in there with fucking Yoshihashi. Now, most improved? Absolutely. Tag team situations, chef's kiss, right? Singles match, Yoshihashi. Again, are we comfortable with singles match Yoshihashi being the guy to kind of be the the ring general in this one? Are we okay with that? I, I thought Yoshihashi had a really good G1. You know, looking at the blueprint for like the match he had with Evil during the G1, which I thought was great. I love that. So if they follow uh, a similar layout, I basically want to see Tangela beating the shit out of him for 10 minutes and then uh, an exciting closing stretch. I don't, I don't even care who wins, to be honest. Yeah. I, yeah. Either one could use the win. Right. I would have no problem with that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming we're, we're looking at Tangaloa, right? I mean... If if we're we're trying to give him a singles run, um, I don't know. That's my only concern is that it's not like it's a top flight guy who you are totally comfortable with being the ring general and kind of mapping everything out. Like like again, I I've, I'm 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 more bullish on Yoshihashi than I ever have been in my entire life. Still, I do have reservations on, okay, is this the right guy for me in this situation? And then the third match will be another special singles match with Hiroki Goto and Tamatonga. So the other half of their respective tag teams to, uh, as a, an appetizer for the following day's tag title match. This one uh, I'm less enthused about. I don't know. I don't really have a great deal to say about Goto versus Tamatonga. I'm not holding my breath for any sort of classic here. I mean, you know... <laughs> there's a there's a perfect example of a guy of what are we doing with Hiroki Goto? Like I feel like the dude could still absolutely go, but but like he's so like I sat here and I praised New Japan's booking, but is there anyone who has suffered more from New Japan Pro Wrestling's booking than Hiroki Goto? Yeah, I mean there were plenty of people who would have preferred to see him in an elevated spot over you know, guys like Evil or El Phantasma or whatever. I mean, that, that's... that's <laughs> Okay, you could say that. 
you put him in that elevated role. Is anyone going to give a fuck? Like, what, what was? What yeah, was, I don't. It wouldn't achieve anything, right? In the long term, would it? Right. You know, it's not no. elevating anyone. Like, yeah, we know he can go, but the the ship yeah, sell on him at this point. He's a mid carder. Yeah. yeah, he's a gatekeeper. Right, right. Like I like. There's. I don't think there's what the or the. I mean, the only possible thing you do for Hiroki Goto is give him the fucking world title. Like, what else do you do? Maybe, yeah, maybe. You know what? I think he's happy with his spot. He's a great dad, from what I can tell on social media. Maybe he's just happy where he is in the company, you know, not having to break his back every week and be required to do hard-hitting main events all the time. You know, cycled up and down occasionally, and he's just he's perfectly satisfied being a mid-carder. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Okay. I, I mean, you're, you're probably right. It hurts. You know what it does? It kind of hurts to, to hear it. But yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe that's maybe, maybe you're maybe you are spot on, and and we want more than maybe he even wants. Right? Maybe. 
Fourth match is the Provisional KOPW 2021 Yano Toru style Texas strap match between uh, Yano, the KOPW 2021 <laughs> holder, and Chase Owens. Uh, what's the over-under on the ha-has? How many times do you think this is going to make you chuckle, Damon? <laughs> Me? Zero. Um, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, I, 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 like, serious laugh or get the fuck out of here laugh, <laughs> right? Because there's a, there's a difference. Um, I'm a miserable motherfucker. Don't, I mean, don't use me as the litmus. Uh, I'm going to set the, the, the legit ha-has. One. Will, will Joel Abraham have more than one legitimate laugh? Not, again, not get the fuck off my screen laugh. And not, why am I wasting a, a fucking beautiful sunny afternoon? when I could be sitting with my child or getting a delicious dim sum or whatever the fuck. I'm watching this. Not that kind of laugh. An actual belly laugh. One. Over or under. I, I would take that. I would settle for one proper laugh and uh, somewhere between five and ten minutes. If it goes over ten, then I'm going to start getting upset. <laughs> So again, correct me if I'm wrong. This is a uh, strap match. They'll be tied together at the at the wrists, right? With a strap, with a leather strap, and the object of this is to you have to take off the turnbuckles on each corner. Correct. Correct. And I believe the wrestler who removes the last turnbuckle is the winner. Right. So there'll be three down. They could get cut off. Bra 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 bra. Something happens the guy who was getting his ass beat previous can just go take off the last one and wins the match. Is that correct? I think so, because otherwise they're going to have to have someone keep tying them back on. I mean, maybe they will do that. I don't care. I think we're putting too much thought into it, to be honest, David. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think wins? That's, that's what I don't give a shit. I give more shit about the turnbuckles. What, what, how are we uh, operating this than who actually wins the match? Um Give it to Chase. You know, mm. speaking speaking of problems, give it to Chase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all the fans. You know the way this company's really going. Happy about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The way the company's going. Give give it to Chase. Oh jeez. Okay, fifth match, special singles match. Tommy Hiro Ishii versus Jay Whiteo. Your thoughts on this one? <sighs> Should be good, right? Should be. I, I, like on paper, that sounds really fucking good. Um. You got Jay White wanting a little bit of revenge. You got Ishii wanting a little bit of revenge for um, all the uh, heinous attacks from Jay White. And it's Ishii who, let's be truthful. We, I mean, have we seen a ton of singles Ishii to get excited of over so far this year? Certainly not. So... I think I think we we're, they're put in a spot to deliver, and I think they will. I think they absolutely will. I think it's, I'm looking forward to this one. It's an interesting spot for it. Why do you think they, this has been penciled in as the singles match? Do you think it's just giving both guys something to do, or do you think there's going to be something in the pipelines for the winner? Oh, I think it's definitely a something in the pipeline for the winner, right? Don't you think? I mean, look, yes. let, let's let's put it this way: this is a Jay White win, right? I would have thought so, yeah. With New Japan Cup around the corner, 
I don't know, because we've got the anniversary event as well. We've got Okada versus Evil in the main event, and you think the winner of that is going to have something to do. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious as to what is in store for both the winner of this and the winner of Okada versus Evil, because I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. There's nothing obvious there, is there? Oh, I mean... Maybe if... challenge the, the winner, whoever the Intercontinental Champion is, at the end of night right. two. Right. So, so, yeah. I think I think one of those two absolutely is right. Has to, um, and then the other one's heavyweight, right? Like it, like something like that has to happen, which kind of tips the cards of of where I think you know who's winning Ibush and, and Naito. But okay, but I yeah I think in in both cases you're looking at guys challenging for titles. And then main event special singles match: Okada versus Evil. The last time they main evented at Osaka Joe Hall in the New Japan Cup final last July, it was pretty poor. Yep, I think no sure one was. Is, no one's uh, thinking that was any kind of match of the year classic. Do you think they have a, a better match in them this time? I don't Fucking think they can so. have much worse. <laughs> um, look, I don't, I don't want Okada to be Mister Tokyo Dome, right? I, I kind of need him. Here's what we need. We need the idea that when we're two hours into a show, or even more, and we're at main event time, that we have confidence that when we turn off this show, we're not looking at the fucking mirror thinking, well, that was a waste of time. And and I think that's where people are lost confidence somewhere along the way with this company. I'm gonna I'm gonna flat out tell you that we need a banger, as the kids like to say. Like we need this match to be fucking really, really good. We do. It, it, we need it. Are we going to get that, Joel? Oh, I'm not confident. Let me ask you. Does this match go 35 minutes? Christ, I hope not. This this is a match that desperately needs to be 20 minutes, high intensity, high pace, hard hitting. Yeah. Because if this is a... 35 minute, you know, getting the bingo card out, taking <laughs> off your spots, both guys sleepwalking through it, then money clipping it. A lot of, lot, lot of money clips. Yeah. yeah. Money clips, dick togo, fuckery. Yeah. I mean, I can get out the tweet, <laughs> can go through all the spots, but yeah, if it's anything like that, then We're honestly, fine. that's what I'm expecting. I'll be pleasantly surprised if it isn't. And, and that is. 50-50 on both of these guys. I mean, to be fair, actually, I thought Evil's Wrestle Kingdom match against Sonata was quite fun. So if it's more like that and less like the the previous match that these two guys had, then it will be all the better for that. But I would not put any amount of money on being confident that this is a good match. <laughs> you know, if they put that match before Jay White and Ishii, I would be more confident that we would have that type of match. But the fact that it's the last match, you know it's going to go long. Uh, let me take that back. You know it's going to go longer than it should. Right? 
Yeah, it's like this unwritten rule wow. now that every New Japan main event has to go 35 minutes, which is a real misstep. Yeah. Oh. Some matches deserve it. I'm not saying every, it's, you know, all matches should be less than that, but only in the spots where it warrants it. And I don't think this is a match that needs to be 35 minutes long. And here's the thing. You have a crowd tailor-made that will give you everything they have um, when it comes to excitement, crowd, noise, etc. And you're going to hear Okada for the third time in a match go for that fucking money clip. And you're going you're gonna to hear a crowd die. <laughs> you're going to hear you're going to hear the, the as if air. you were applying the money uh, money clip to each fan <laughs> in the building choking the life out of us all. Yes. Yes. So I mean what uh, look I, we can hope we hope for the best. But Here's here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that we're going to come back here next week, and we're going to say, "Hey, everything that I talked about of what people kind of are looking for with new, we did, it didn't happen. They did the same exact thing that people are." Look, Joel, you you have a better sense of the temperature than I do when it comes to online, when it comes to fan. I I kind of have my own little bubble, but that little bubble is a dedicated bubble of of pro wrestling. And when they're shitting on it, and they're like, I, I'm, "I'm, I haven't watched. I'm not watching. This is, I, I got better things to do." Okay. There's no buzz for this show, right? Correct. I mean, this feud specifically, no one gives a shit. It's ice cold. Ice cold. Ice cold. <sighs> the best thing they can do. Is, and and I don't know if this is injuries, and I don't know if this is a conscious decision on whomever's part. I think Okada is a big problem in this. The fact that there's been such a considerable drop off in the amount of quality performances from him, like these are good performances. Don't get me wrong, but these are not Okada performances. And like you can still do that, it. Like the, the Osprey match of Wrestle Kingdom was great. Yes. That was a great match. Yeah. But I need to see that version of Okada more than once a year, please. Right. The consistency of... of look, I know that was a golden era of pro wrestling that we just went through. And, and, and I'm going to say it right now. We're out of that golden era. We're, 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 that's ended. Right? Um... That was a golden era where you turned on a New Japan Pro Wrestling show and you knew you were going to get fucking gold. And it didn't matter what fucking show it was. You were going to get gold. And I don't think – I think people's confidence in getting gold is is non-existent at this point. And I can't say non-existent, but it's low. And you, you just don't know what you're, you're going to fucking wind up with. And And I think that's an important thing. For people watching this product, I, I I know people love to bust on it and be like, "Oh, you work rate snobs and uh, you fucking notebooks and all that." That's not pro wrestling. New Japan's always been okay, okay, okay. But this is why people are leaving in droves, and I know it. 
I mean, just our numbers alone, probably. I mean, I don't know. I don't get numbers, but I'm just assuming. And you just feel it. You just feel the the. It's not there. This is the reason. Any thoughts on the winner? Or I don't care who wins. To be honest. <laughs> um, I think Okada wins, right? Okada wins. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Well, let's move on to night two which is uh, a lot more tasty except I've just closed the tap so oh, no. <laughs> uh, this will be uh, Castle Attack night two February 28th again at Osaka Joe Hall we're opening with Tenkoji Kojima and Tenzan versus Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay I'm expecting a win for Cobb and Ospreay there maybe leading to some sort of retirement thing but uh, yeah we've discussed that already second match Yano Ishii Okada versus Chase Jay White and Evil again hand waving that one Third match, now we get an interesting IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with the champions, Gorillas of Destiny defending against the challengers, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. So there, I think there's enough reasonable doubt here about the outcome because I just keep waiting for Gorillas of Destiny to drop the title so they go back to the States. I think they've got a lot of interesting stuff they could be doing stateside. Do you think this is the point at which they do it? Is it going to be Yoshihashi and Goto to pick up the baton and, and run with it as heavyweight tag champions let's fucking do it right i don't think anybody's been disappointed in in yoshihashi in a tag scenario so double um, champion double tag championship double yep. tag champion yoshihashi we want it yeah we do i think we do i i think we do why not let's fucking do it um we can assume if if we assume tonga Loa's going to do a little single stuff right uh we could break up the team, just you know, not break up the team, but just you know, put it on pause for a second. People can go home, see their families. Gives Goto Other something people, to do. Gives Goto something to do. We got the visual of fucking Yoshihashi carrying two straps. Fuck it, do it. Change it, swap it out. I think it happens. Yeah, I think it would be a good match as well. Uh, from the Yoshihashi and Goto, I thought they had a really good World Tag League. The last time they challenged for the belt against Dangerous Techers, it was really good. So I think there's enough ingredients here. I'm not expecting anything spectacular, but, you know, 15 minutes, hard-hitting Goto, Tangela, whacking people really hard. I think it should be some good stuff here. So I'm looking forward to that one. Fourth match, never open weight championship match. Hiroshi Tanahashi defending his championship against Great Okan. So... Do you, like me, expect Okan to get his win back here from Wrestle Kingdom and have uh, a, not that the first match was bad, but a better match this time around? I think so. I think so. I think this is also uh, a title change. What do you think of that? Yes, I don't. I wouldn't see the logic behind Okan losing twice to Tanahashi in such quick succession. I think we do have a new champion here. Yeah. How about that? Think of that. It's pretty impressive. I mean, I think we all kind of saw this, the handwriting on the wall here, but if it doesn't happen, I think I would be, I'll tell you what, only because I feel like it, it's, 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 it's written in stone that this is happening. Man, I would be, I, I would love to see a fucking high flow and fucking Tanahashi getting a three count. I would, I would pop out of my chair on that one. Uh, my head says Okan. My heart, my heart says Tanahashi. 
just want to stick with O'Connor for a minute here. A couple of questions. Dan says, I know faction talk is absolutely toilet, but can we talk about the structure of the Empire, please? That cretin Osprey looked like he was going to be the leader when it all kicked off, but since then, O'Connor's looked like the figurehead. And the real leader, and Cobb has always had Osprey's number in matches, O'Connor looks a much better leader, in my opinion. And Ark says, what do you guys think of the recent NJPW 1972 article that ponders if Great O'Connor is the wrestler of Generation Z? And I will read an excerpt from that. So this is an article on the website by uh, Daizo Nonaka. And... This is really interesting stuff. So, uh, Great Okan is good at social media. In fact, I'd say that's an understatement from calling his fans his subjects, the people who hate him peasants, down to the royal wees, and talking about conquering and subjugation. He's created a world for himself and draws followers in. He calls New Japan World the United Empire's government-sanctioned broadcast. His merchandise, proof of loyalty to the empire, tickets, admission to public execution. So, uh, he shares fan art and engages with people incredibly well. This is just all little signs that great Ocon thinks about every little facet of his persona as a pro wrestler not just when he's in the ring with his mannerisms and his moves and the way he interacts with the crowd which i think you know i've, I've spoken at length about how brilliant i think he does but the outside of the stuff ring as well the, the promos that he cuts the way he conducts himself his his uh written interviews as well and the way he engages with people on social media this is a guy who i've said it before he just gets it he gets being a pro wrestler. He ticks all those boxes. And so I'm hoping that this is the match where finally everything comes together and all the naysayers will admit that they were wrong and that Great Okan is the future of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, and you forgot about the big booby uh, art. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How could I? How could I forget that? Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's number one. Uh, um, yeah. I was a doubter. Let it be known. Because uh, when I first saw him rolling into uh, Rev Pro with that gimmick, trust me, you know me. And I was like, what the fuck am I looking at here? And I didn't get it. And I don't think he got it either. Then he grew into it. And he's growing into it. Yeah. Yeah. To me, he's it's like, I told you, I, 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 pref- like, uh, of the, of the empire. The pecking order for me is Okan, Cobb, Osprey. Like, I don't think Osprey is even a good fit in his own faction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, like, like of, of all the people that I don't feel it from, like, I don't feel it from him most. Uh, that's not taking away anything of his in ring ability. Like, I just don't think he's found his groove yet. Like, agree. You know he doesn't what I mean? know like, what I his don't... character is. He doesn't know what his character's no. motivations are. He he doesn't know what the gimmick is, and he needs time to work that out before he's going to be slotted in at the top of cards. Right, right. I I, I one thousand percent agree with that. Um, and I think that will come. I think that will come, but I don't know if if he's found that groove yet. I don't think he's found that groove yet. Okan is just the opposite, like. In ring, Okan. Let's be honest. Is he? Is he? Is he great? No, no. He's good, but not great. But he is a guy. He's one of the few guys in the company where, from the second his match starts, like when his music, when his entrance starts and the music starts playing, I am there. I'm putting my phone down. I'm watching it. I love the music. I love the entrance. The way he conducts himself. And from when the match finishes, all the post-match stuff. You know, his cutting the promos without the microphone. His backstage promos just. All of that, from not from bell to bell, but from the moment he steps out from behind that curtain to the moment he walks 
backstage after cutting his promo, I am enraptured by it. I think he's yeah. so good at that. Just the yeah, whole he's giving the pa- exactly what I was going to say. He's giving you the entire complete package. Yep, I I agree. And again, there's he has strengths and weaknesses. Let's not you know let's he's he's you know it's not fucking Hiroshi Tanahashi in there, but. Uh, Again, for what he is, like I, I listen. He's he is a perfect example of a guy who's making the most out of what he's been given so far. Um, you know, I, like, and if you do, again, not to fucking kick a guy when he's down, but you look at like a Master Watto and what he's been able to do compared to what Okan has been able to do. It feels like it's night and day. It feels like it's a, just a night and day scenario. So. Um. Yeah, it, it to me, Empire is Okan, Cobb, Osprey, and um, I think eventually Osprey will be will, will move up in that pecking order, but not right now. Not right now. Fifth match is for the vacant IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, where we'll have a three-way match between El Fantasmo, Bushi, and El Desperado. So I already laid out earlier on in the show how I think this one should go. What do you think, David? Why do you think they've made it three-way? How do you think it plays out? Yeah, again, I think it's Bushi needs to be the guy lying down, of course, to protect Despy. Um, El Phantasmo will get a shithousery-based win. Um, gets the title. Hiro- or, um, you know, Hiromu's on the shelf. Despy chase, eventually wins, and it sets up a program gives Hiromo enough time to get back in the ring. We're all on Hiromo watch, and boom, away we go. The next thing you know, uh, January 4th, and we're still sitting in our fucking living rooms, <laughs> and, and no one's in Tokyo. And Actually, I think do, you think, do you think people will be there this year? I know uh, you don't have to go to great lengths, but um, yes or no, will there be, will Japan allow tourists into the country to witness Wrestle Kingdom live it's just for the sake of my own sanity and my own hopes about getting back to, yeah. to my job child I'm going to say yes I'm going to be right. uh, an optimist and say why not and we'll Let's all be it. there I'll be there with Esther <laughs> she'll be dressed up like El Desperado we'll all be having a lovely time oh my goodness that would be so adorable oh my lord I don't think my heart would be able to take it um, all right, yeah. Positive vibes, everyone. Positive vibes. That's what we're, that's what we're all about. Our main event is IWGP Intercontinental Championship match with Kota Ibushi with his third defense against Tetsuya Naito. Again, a match that I don't feel has any buzz or, or hype or heat to it. It's going to be a great match. I mean, it always is between these two, but it's it's a match we've seen plenty of in recent history. It's like, I love Tonkotsu Ramen, but after I've had a bowl of Tonkotsu Ramen, I don't want to eat Tonkotsu Ramen for... A good few weeks because it is it's very delicious and rich and hearty but it's it's a lot you know i need something different after that so I, i'm stretching this metaphor to breaking point damon <laughs> uh this analogy um how are you feeling about abushi versus naito uh, i don't know what they do like what do they do to make it different what do they do to i mean and these two were pros and and if and if we're looking for creativity and and finding a way to make this a little special. I mean, I trust these guys to be able to do it. But how many times have we seen these two in a ring in the past three weird years? to go back to it so soon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
And we're fighting over the Intercontinental title. <laughs> it's preposterous. Uh, okay. You know, look. I, I, you're right. It, it, it should be great on paper. I cannot... And, and the company, truth be told, I don't know... They've done a really piss-poor job of getting anybody excited over it, right? Feels like we're just kind of marching into this fucking match, just like, okay, we're having a match. Like, I don't feel a buzz. I don't feel uh, an excitement out there, right? Do you? No, the Naito-Ibushi dynamics, like, they have great in-ring chemistry, but in terms of the chemistry of the two characters and sort of promos and and when they're doing face-offs and stuff, it just feels like sort of two colleagues, you know, there's yeah. a kind of sort of cordial atmosphere between them and there's a mutual respect, but there's no animosity, there's no heat, there's no real sense of a, a kind of rivalry you can sink your teeth into. Right. Why am I here to care? You know what I mean? What, what, give me something that I need, that, that I care about. What's, 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 what's a fan going into this like, okay, oh, Night 2 is ch- challenging for the title. Oh, the heavyweight title? No, no, no. They... they the secondary title. Oh, they have a secondary title? Yeah, it was merged. Uh, oh, so it hasn't been defended in over... No, it hasn't. No. Okay. That's it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's That's it, huh? They didn't... No, no, they didn't, no, no attacks, no... Uh, yeah, they're uh, fighting over a secondary title. <laughs> okay, thanks. Unbelievable. I'm watching, by the way, as I'm talking, I'm watching, I, I'm in my office and I can see uh, a person walk. Oh, okay. Now I see a little bit more. Uh, let me give you, let me paint the entire picture if I could. I'm looking at my window, Joel. Uh, there is a, a older gentleman walking down the street and, he, and it looked like he was solo, just walking down our street. And today is trash collection day. And in each recycling bucket, this person was looking in each and every recycling bucket that's on the street so the house across the street house catty corner our own uh but then just as i was about to mention it um i see that the dog not on a leash shall i say not on a leash uh is with uh the gentleman so just thought i'd bring that story to light <laughs> a more compelling and uh, interesting story than naito versus ibushi in a main event of castle attack uh yes. who do you think wins the icy title Naito. I think Naito wins. Right? Yeah. We're splitting the titles here, right? Yeah. And then so. other people will have programs throughout the year. Okay, uh, let's move on to Strong then. So we had the. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before I abandon it completely. Um, the New Beginning USA Part 1, I guess, where we had uh, opening match Adrian Quest, Mysterioso, and Rocky Romero defeating the team of Barrett Brown. Ray Horace and the DKC. Uh, this is good. This is, you know, all, all strong matches are good. It was like a fun lucha flavored trios open. It's always good to have a, a trios match, and you know, lots of high flying stuff here. Uh, good to see a bit of a spotlight on Barrett Brown, who we haven't seen much of so far, and he cut a very passionate promo backstage where he was pointing to the New Japan collection app, saying, "This, this right here, this symbol is what I want to be a part of." And 
<laughs> Point to the wrong one, mate. But uh, maybe he just really <laughs> wants to get a card on the app. Who knows? Uh, second match was Fred Rosser defeating Hikaleo in 10 minutes, 40 seconds via backslide. Um, I watched this match in double speed, but it still felt like it was in slow motion. It was very <laughs> ponderous. Uh, Ross has stole the win there with a the backslide. They, they tried to keep Hikaleo strong, and he attacked some ringside staff afterwards, but this was lacking a bit of juice and, and intensity for me. I, I'd want to see them going a bit harder at it. It was. It just felt like a bit of a soft match, really. And then main event was really good. It was a rematch between El Fantasma and Leo Rush. So ELP wins again in 40 minutes, 5 seconds, with sudden death. Uh, I think this was one of the better ELP singles matches since his comeback. I thought the balance between the, the shtick and the wrestling, just like it was at Okorokan tonight, actually, it was on point here. I thought Leo made for a really great underdog baby face and they came up with some very creative spots down the stretch. And I just, I want to see more Leo Rush, please. If, if we can get him in Japan somehow for best of the Super Juniors, then I think that will mitigate a lot of the Hiromu disappointment. I mean, imagine a... Uh, El Desperado versus Leo Rush best of the Super Juniors final that would be mm. really fun exciting match very fresh for me so if we can make it happen please let's get Leo Rush into Japan and we have also uh, a, a big show coming up on Strong so th- this will be tomorrow Friday February 26th um, first match will be DKC Kevin Knight Clark Connors TJP against Logan Regal Sterling Regal ACH and Brody King second match this is an interesting one. Ren Narita versus Chris Dickinson. Be very interested to see who wins that one. Probably should be Chris Dickinson, but again, I'm very interested to see Ren Narita in singles action, see how he's progressing. Now he's no longer a young line. Uh, see, again, I'm looking for more sort of signature touches, a bit of individuality, individualism. I don't know which one of those nouns is correct, but I want to see him showing who is Ren Narita, not just uh, you know copy paste black trunks guy and then our third match 60 minute time limit IWGP US heavyweight championship match John Moxley defending finally against the challenger Kenta I think a lot of people are expecting Kenta to win and this whole thing being pushed through to get the US title off of John Moxley but the more interesting move here would be Mox keeping the title am I wrong oh that would that would definitely be something to talk about right I mean, that would keep us in business. Um, but, yeah, I think the the, the – the e- let's put it this way. The easy money is on moving the title. I mean, that's what we're all assuming this is all about. The whole thing is about. Um, but, again, with a lot of the, you know, the past month or so of people winding up on shows that they're not supposed to be here uh, – does raise an eyebrow or two, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think I can't see this one being like a you know, fifty-minute clean finish, title change kind of deal. I will be shocked if that happens, and I think it'll be a waste to be honest. Give me your percent. Give me a scale of one to ten. Do you think that this match is going to be used as a catalyst for further exploring of? Uh, passageways being entered. And I don't mean butts. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I would be disappointed if it doesn't. Okay. I okay. Would, I'm going to give you uh, 7 out of 10 that there is some kind of angle either in the match or at the end of the match that keeps this thing burning. Because I think to just blow it off in an empty arena, strong taping would be a bit sad 
Okay. I think so, too. Uh, but the safe thing is we're getting the title off Mox, and then Mox can always come back. Mox can always come back, but we're going to close that chapter here and now so that we could finally get this title back in our company um, and have it be shown. Um, so I'm going to go the safe route and say that's that's where this is this is this is leading to and the, and where this is ending for now. All right. Well, um, that is New Japan Strong. So uh, let's go to some questions then. On the Discord, Mitch says, which of the New Japan dads will shave their head this year and win the heavyweight title to keep up the trend of bald old men winning belts? Uh, you know, for all the, the, the stick that New Japan gets, at least, I don't want to say at least, but it, there, there is always the aim there of establishing new stars, even if it's not the guys that you wanted to see being pushed as the stars, but there is always an eye on the future, isn't there? So you know, getting guys like Evil or El Fantasma over, they, they, they're not a sentimental company. They don't book uh, the old favourites, you know, for the sake of popping a number or, you know, I'll let the dad have the gold watch win. You know, those, those days are gone, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, nine times out of ten, the old guys are usually the guys lying down, right? Um yeah, they're 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 logical in that sense. Um, so yeah, and again, we always talk about how they they constantly have that stockpile of of available talent to become stars. The, look, the worst thing they could have done, and I know people may not agree with this, but the worst thing they could have done in the past three years was stay the same and not plan for the future and keep. The same guys on top because they, they, hey, three years ago, we were fucking rocking and rolling, right? We had great matches and we had all of it. And that's not to say that anybody expected to not have great matches. The point is, I'm trying to make, is that they could foresee that we need to make stars and we need to make stars when it's uncomfortable to make stars because I got to look two, three, four years down the road. Face Collector says, any thoughts on Shibata's era so far at the helm of the LA Dojo? Any trademarks we're seeing? Is a star becoming apparent technically or even booking-wise? So, David, when you see guys like Clark Connors, uh, Kevin Knight, maybe even the DKC at this point, do you see anything where you think, no, that's different to what we see from the the Noge um, New Japan Young Lions? It, It does seem that the Young Lions from the LA Dojo get to show a little bit more individual flair you know they're able to show off more unique moves than their japanese counterparts correct and i and 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 i think strong gives them the ability to do that um so it's it's so it is different and the one thing about the pandemic that i mean if there's a positive to be said about a company that can't bring in their own talent is that okay they have an opportunity to to do a little bit more um i don't know if i've necessarily have seen a difference in training styles or difference in um like one shining over the other i just think that 
the LA Dojo has a little bit more opportunity um, to show things than, say, the 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 Japanese talent that's in Japan on opening shows. So, um, I just think it's, I think it's, I think it's hard to evaluate too, in the sense of it's not, it's, it can't possibly be a fair comparison, even the previous years. I mean, it's really tough. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of, you know, excursions, the idea of people studying abroad. Um, that I mean, we we've taken a year, maybe even even more, off of these kids' careers. Um, that again, one of the drawing factors of of training in in that dojo system is that opportunity to learn from others. And I just feel like, in a lot of cases, they don't get that opportunity. In strong, um, they might be able to get that opportunity a little bit more because they bring in more more people, more talent, more diverse talent. Um, and be, and being able to work with with that talent might help that, but it's just not the frequency that they would get if you know excursions were allowed. Classic Catch says, in theory, if Naito and Hiromu were out long term, who would you put as your top two or even three if one is Ibushi uh, baby faces over the next two years? So Naito's gone, Hiromu's gone. Hmm. Two years. Well. And and you said we're taking Abush out of the, out of the equation. Um, Osprey uh, as a baby face. Oh, we're talking just baby face. Yeah. Look, Jay White. We're turning Jay White. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, what else you got? Yeah, I'm racking my brains here for. <sighs> yeah, you're. you're I'm, no I'm not saying you're hot. No thanks, Right, but I mean seriously, like, what? Where else are you going? Like, you're, you're, you can't hot shot somebody that strong. I think you already have the built-in seeds of of Jay White. You know, you have something you can lean on with past events. Um, yeah, I think I think Jay White's your new babyface. Uh, Spannerhead says, with Noah drawing four thousand two hundred and Stardom having limited tickets left, what are the chances of New Japan having a smaller Budokan crowd than both? Not very likely. So having smaller than the, the no. They'll they'll have larger than that. I, it's not gonna be as big as you know, as as people ex- would want. But it's not going to—they're they're not going to lose the 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 attendance wars um, at Budokan. That's for sure. Okay, dipping some Twitter questions. Juice nine one zero zero says, "Who do you think should be next in line for the junior heavyweight title?" Well, I think we've uh, discussed that one already. Without knowing the participants, who is the individual you want to see personally win this year's New Japan Cup? Um, personally, I mean, four. Oh, uh, can I say Great O'Conn? Can he win the New Japan Cup? Is that to... uh, Jeff Cobb. Let's go with Jeff Cobb. I think that will be uh, throw the cat among the pigeons. Cobb would, I wouldn't have a problem with Cobb. Um, how about Osprey? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't, uh, I'm not. I don't know if he's ready for that because I, again, I, do, I think he needs to do a bit more work on his 
character, but Jeff Cobb winning, you could do a similar thing that you did with Zach winning in 2018 to just establish that this is a guy, you know, and to reward him for signing with the company as well. So, and it would be really exciting as well. I think Jeff Cobb since his heel turn has been fantastic. His match with Shingo was great. He's capable of having top quality matches. So, yeah, that would be my gut pick right now. Not necessarily what I think would happen, but what I would like to happen as a fun and interesting winner of New Japan Cup. Dark Horse would be, uh, yeah, Jeff Cobb for me. How about Shingo? Yeah, I was thinking Shingo as well, actually. I would like to see him get a title shot at some point. Me too. I, 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 would, I, I think any of those two are good, but I, I, I kind of lean a little bit more towards Shingo. Kind of lean, lean that way a little bit more, just for my personal mm-hmm. wants. That's all, you know. Not to say that it would be better for the company or anything like that, but I, I'd, I'd like to see Shingo win it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this new Japan Cup now. Uh, Daryl says, rank these color guys: Corino, Yoshitatsu, Callis, Rocky, Charlton, Gambino, ELP. It's funny because I was thinking about Corino the other day because um, I was bringing out old wrestling posters that I that I had saved that I was on. Um, and there's a bunch of shows where you know, I we've must have worked with Carino on the East Coast. I don't think I'm exaggerating. Fifty times, like like he was on every Dennis show that we were on. He was he was there, and he would get shots with Julio Sanchez. Like he would do like uh, jobs on WWF or WWE tapings, like for like Shotgun Saturday Night or whatever the fuck their shows were. Like he'd be like in a job or tag team getting tryouts. Um, Carino was always good to us. He was fun. Um, I, I liked him a lot. Um, and I like his commentating. I do. I think he's, he's got enough wittiness and enough comedic timing that, um, I thought he was really good. Like I, I thought he did a real good job when he was there. Yoshitatsu was, was, was the fucking shits. I think he, but I also think he was put in a spot to fail. Like that's a, that's a tough spot. You're gonna do fucking color commentating in in English, and you know it's not your strong suit. That's that's a that's unfair. But he was the shit. Uh, I like Gino a lot. I think Gino's funny. I I, I kind of like the like. It's almost like a uh, a guy who thinks he's tougher than he is in a certain sense with a lot of his comments, which I, th- I kind of find funny. Uh, I like Chris in the sense of I like Chris when when. Again, everybody loves the historical, the fact that he's an, encycl- an encyclopedia of knowledge and he's able to, you know, he's got his, I'm sure his notes that, you know, he wants to, and the points that he wants to, to take um, and make on these shows. I think he does a good job. I think sometimes people get a little tired of some of his, you know, crazy build to matches. You know what I mean? Like he's trying to hype up a match. And he, he's like he these pre-planned lines that are just like oh, all right, um, but uh, I'll never like Chris is an amazing thing to me. Like you know, being a fan of the product and being a ticket buyer, and then sticking his neck out and writing a book, like like you know on on the surface you're thinking who the fuck is going to buy a New Japan Pro Wrestling history book? You know what I mean? But yet. It was well done, you know. You're trying to cram, you know, a company that was that was born at in 1972, and cram that into a book, the history of. And sure, there was stuff that was missed and and not necessarily dug 
as deep as people may have wanted. But I, I really thought that was a, a valiant effort. I told him flat out, I was like, you know, I had that idea, and but you did it. You know what I mean? Like, there's, listen, I have had millions of ideas. Yeah, that's great. He did it. He fucking committed himself and did it. So, uh, and then to turn that into, you know, what he's been able to do. Um, he's living his, he's living the fucking dream is what he's doing. Uh, and you know, I gotta, I, I respect that. I, I, not only there's jealousy, there's, there's all of it, but yes, he, he, he did what everybody wants. Let's put it that way. He did what everybody wants. He turned a fandom into a paycheck without, without breaking his neck. You know, that, that you can't, that's, that's pretty great. Uh, who else is on this list, Joel? Uh, who am I missing? This is one I want to give it, a shout out to is Yoshitatsu. I need to go back and watch. Uh, was it Wrestle Kingdom Nine with him and Matt Stryker doing English commentary? Yeah, 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 yeah. Awful. Yeah, you never watched it? I'm sure I have, but it was a long time ago. So I, maybe sort of go back and make a highlight reel of yeah. Yoshitatsu commentary. <laughs> it's it's amazingly awful. Uh, but again, I feel it's a, it's an unfair evaluation. It would be like me being like, okay, Damon, you're going to go fucking do Japanese commentating. What? <laughs> yeah, in English, right? No, in Japanese. And then me reading a book on an airplane trying to fucking, you know, let's, you know, how would it, it would be? I would sound shit. I would, I sound shit in English. Imagine me in Japanese. Um, ELP, hilarious, you know. And, and, and again, I like the fact that he backed off that stuff when it, when it needed to be serious. Um, I like that. I, I, you know, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. That's him. He did it. Uh, who else? Anybody else I'm missing? Who else am I missing in that, on that list? Uh, I think we got everyone there. Um, ah, right. Just move on then. Dr. Gary says, is Yuji Nagata actually the best or just really the best made Sonata bearable? Yeah, I would love to see more Nagata because I think he can still go. He's still one of the most... Uh, accomplished wrestlers that New Japan have and you know I understand he's probably not keen on being a, a huge part of the book and I'm not asking him to be in the main event scene or anything but just I'd like to see a bit more of him than we currently see at the moment are you, are you two questions him? yeah two questions one is he in New Japan Cup yes I think if they're going to hit 32 which based on the schedule I think they are he would have to be in it okay does he make it past the first round? We did last year, didn't he? He beat Suzuki in the first round mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. lost to Okada. So uh, probably not. <laughs> He's probably well, losing no? straight okay. away. I'd like I'm him gonna to say win. yes. I'm going to say yes. He makes it to the second round. Sure. Why not? I hope so. <laughs> That's my bold take for today. <laughs> um, and also asks, can you see LIJ Suzuki getting chaos presence long-term post-COVID? I don't know. Chaos, I think is reaching his expiry date. LIJ, I think, will still be around. suzuki Gun, I don't know how long Suzuki is going to be around, so maybe that has got a different moniker by that point. But, yeah, we'll... I, I would say Chaos and suzuki Gun if I had to pick two post-COVID, whenever the fuck that will be. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, Axel says, can we expect the winner of the exploding barbed wire death match, uh, I think that's in AW, to challenge for Yano's KBW at Dominion in a Forbidden Door match? Um I've got morbid Wait. curiosity about the exploding barbed wire death match. That so, I know I'm going to sound absolutely ridiculous right now, but 
That, that, I thought that was a joke. That's happening? Yeah, I think it's Mox versus Kenny Omega in an exploding barbed wire death match. Unless I've misunderstood wow. as well, but that was my understanding of it. Wow. I mean... I mean, you got two guys that are going to go a little nutty. That, And two guys that will make it creative. Not to say that exploding barbed wire death matches are the top of anyone's match of the year in terms of quality. That might be a fucking great match. With those two idiots, they're going to do some crazy shit. That might be fucking amazing. Okay. I'm interested. I'm interested. Doesn't that sound nuts to you, Joel? Yeah, I mean, didn't they have a crazy lights out, no rules deathmatch or something a year or two ago? Yeah. So that, that was the problem, that they started off at that extreme and then they've had their sort of regular singles match, so they've got to escalate it further. This could be crazy fun. Look, again, we're not talking about... We're talking about two guys who can go. And, and you know they're, they're, they're just sitting there salivating at the ideas of impossible spots they can do. When is this fucking show? I don't know. Uh, I was sticking with AW. Nick says, big show for best of the Super Juniors 2021. And click, clack, <laughs> Kathy says, will Paul White versus Bad Luck Farley happen in this timeline? I know uh, Andrew asked that question as a joke <laughs> last time, but you know we're not a million miles away from getting the big show <laughs> wrestling in New Japan <laughs> Pro Wrestling. But I mean, that was a, an interesting one. It certainly raised a few eyebrows in him popping up in All Elite. Yeah. I mean... Like, if you were going to give me a list of guys who are completely loyal to Vince um, and would never jump ship, I think he would be in the top five. Um, so, yeah, when I did see that, I was – that was – I mean, he's he's not an in-ring performer, right? He hasn't wrestled in, like, forever, right? It's not like he's full-time competitive action, Right? Uh, I would not bet against him wrestling sooner wow. rather than later. Okay. Well, look, it made it look. They're not afraid to fucking sign people. Uh, we know that. I, I'm sorry. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around a fucking exploding barbed wire death match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Uh, let's do an AEW podcast. <laughs> I'm more excited about that. The, <laughs> Just about anything. Anything on this castle attack. Uh, Bash says, who do you think needs to lose a few pounds due to Hiromu's absence in the junior division? Do you think if Yo is ready to come back, they should bring him in? Yeah, Yo is someone I think I'll be uh, really excited to see back soon. I think he could uh, shake things up in the junior division and uh, maybe have him join a different faction just to add mm. a bit of spice to the mix. Uh, and a question for Music, Damon. Has he read Alan McGee's and will... He be checking out the movie that's coming out about him since a major part of it will be about him signing Oasis and the making of Definitely Maybe. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, I don't. I have, have I read that book? I'm I'm going to give you a Definitely Maybe. I don't remember. Um, yeah, yeah. He's 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 he signed Jesus Mary Chain too. 
Um, so yeah, that's I, I definitely will be watching that. So yes, to answer that question, one hundred percent. All right, well that's it for this week. So redcircle.com yay forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. Please give us some money. Uh, Discord link is in the show notes at Cobra Kawaii and prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super jcast to get one of our t shirts. Thanks as always to editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at lousy0219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five snake review and some kind words on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. <laughs>